Hello, my name is Shireen Jordan and welcome to Tea and Tonic. This podcast is about giving my guests from all different creative industries the chance to tell us about how they got to where they are today, while we both sip a tea or perhaps something a bit stronger with a tonic. It's a chance for those affected by the impact of lockdown, the opportunity to chat, because talking is, as the saying goes, just the tonic. I hope you enjoy it with a beverage in hand. It's Sunday, November the 8th, 2020, and my guest today is actress, dancer and teacher Charlotte Gooch. Charlotte started dancing age three at her local dance school, where she was taught by her aunt, a former prima ballerina. She started singing lessons aged 15 and at 18 had secured a place at Lane Theatre Arts, where she trained for three years. Charlotte got her first job in the ensemble in Dirty Dancing at the Aldwych as she turned 21. She spent two years in the show in Germany as Penny, as well as on the UK tour and then back in the West End at the Piccadilly. Charlotte's performed in Cats in the UK and abroad, in Greece, played the leading role in Top Hat in the West End and on tour in Japan, performed the lead of Alex Owens in Flashdance and Margot in Legally Blonde, both here and in South Korea, become part of the Spinettes and has been teaching at dance schools and theatre colleges all around London over the last year. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Charlotte Gooch. Hello! Hi Shireen, how are you? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. Thank you for having me. Well, not at all. Charlotte, thank you for agreeing. Um, I've been spending the day actually thinking about the number of shows I've seen you in, um, which we will talk about in a moment, and they are many, 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 many. Um, Charlotte, what beverage have you got? So I've, I'm being a bit boring because I've got to drive later on, so I've got okay. a peppermint tea. Okay, very nice. <laughs> um, I've gone rogue, and I've got a gin and tonic. Um, oh, do you know what I would? I would if I could, but I'm being a well-behaved citizen with my peppermint tea. <laughs> well, no, well done you. You're going to balance me out, yes. and I will balance you out on another but day. Once I've done the driving later, <laughs> I'll have the gin and tonic just later on. So it's like <laughs> very nice. Well, um, cheers. Happy cheers. Sunday. Happy Sunday, Charlotte. You've done really. I would say. Uh, the majority of top 10 musical theatre roles that there are to do for women currently. We'll get onto your amazing dance technique in a moment because I'm (laughs) just full of awe. Was it all a very natural progression for you to go into the arts? As a child, were you singing and dancing and acting? Was that nurtured from a young age by your family? Yeah, so... Only the dancing, really. The singing and the acting came much later when I sort of realised that it's what I wanted to do. And I, and I wanted to do musical theatre. I thought, oh, we haven't actually ever sung or acted yet. So that sort of started a bit later. But the dancing started um, when I was three. And actually, that was a lot to do with my auntie because she was um, sort of like a prima ballerina back in her day. And uh, she then went on to, when she finished performing, she went on to run a dancing school. And that's where I trained. And I just started, you know, going to baby ballet as as most little girls do. And it was actually her, I think, that noticed the sort of natural ability that I had, let's say, which I definitely get from her because my mum and dad, God bless them, do not dance or move well at all. So I definitely get it from her. Um, So she sort of clocked onto it. And then, I mean, I was never sort of pushed into it. It was very much, yeah, like you say, a natural progression. And I always went to watch shows with her and I just loved it. And I suppose it was around sort of 12 13 I found myself watching these shows thinking I really really want to do what they're doing and I was so fascinated by what was going on like behind the the scenes like Mm -hmm. it was always before the show started I was the most excited because I wanted to know what they were all doing like to get ready and things Mm. um and so I just became really hooked and fascinated and then obviously realized oh no but you don't do any singing and you've never literally acted in your life so I then started having the lessons in the other things as well but yeah I'd say it was down to her I definitely definitely owe it all to her in respect of my training pre like going to lanes and sort of opening my eyes to that world really 
That's so interesting. And and so is this your mum's sister on your mum's yes. side? Okay. Yes. And was she was she strict with you because she saw something in you, you know, that she had? Um she, yeah, I mean she wasn't to be honest, she wasn't that strict, which okay. I'm quite lucky because I know a lot of my friends always say that their dance teachers when they were children were so strict with them. She wasn't, it was very it was very chilled and if you want to do it do it and mm -hmm. if you don't and if you make it great and if you don't it doesn't matter you know it's always been my whole family have been like that you know when auditions have come along and I've lost jobs or I've got jobs they're always so you know I think they understand how tough it is as a job mm -hmm. and so I, they've never ever put on that extra pressure even when I was training and when I was sort of trying to get into drama school and things it's always been like look if it happens great if it doesn't you know, don't worry. So there's never been that crazy pressure, which I feel so grateful for versus the, well, what the stagey mums, as people like to say, you know, pushy parents and all of that. That was never me, thankfully. Um, it's all just sort of taken its own natural path. They sound lovely and refreshingly, <laughs> refreshingly normal, if you don't mind yes. me saying, you know, <laughs> at, at keeping you grounded and relaxed. Just watching you, for example, I'll use Dirty Dancing as, as one role. There's a very balletic style to your movements. Mm. It's beautiful. Did ballet come naturally to you? Um, yeah, it did. And I think it's probably because it was the first thing I did. Like I started doing the ballet before any of the rest of it, tap and modern and all of that kicked in. Um, and I think maybe, again, I put that back to my auntie with the fact that she was a ballerina. So everything I learned, from day dot was was her way and her style so I think I've probably adopted that and did you find then learning the other dance forms after having started ballet were easy because you had the ballet grounding and I was always told when I went to dance school as a child you couldn't give up ballet if you, wanted, yes, if you wanted to do modern jazz and tap, you had to still do ballet. And I used to argue with my dance teachers about that because I wanted to give up ballet. And yeah. it was forbidden. So did, did you find that the ballet grounding was imperative? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's funny, I, all of my students that I teach at the moment as well, I say all the same to them. I'm like, ballet's the most important thing. Um, but it definitely, oh God, yeah, it definitely helped the others. I mean... Funnily enough, I was utterly useless at tap, which is quite funny when you think I've gone on to do one of like the hardest tap shows going with Top Hat. And I always joke about this and said, oh, you must be such an amazing tapper. I'm, I'm actually not. I was so bad at it, always training. And it's, I suppose it's got better over time. But um, yeah, that was always my worst one. Hopeless oh. at tap. Couldn't get my head around it at all. That is, you know, well interesting to know that you you it's a discipline that you can learn and, and with hard graft you can get better oh, yeah. oh, so when, sure. when you were watching telly at 12 13 and, and you saw you know musical theater or on television you thought this is what mm. I want to do I, I'm going to do this mm. um, did that kind of set your mindset straight that you would in your teens push and push so that you could audition for a, a drama school performing arts school yeah I think once I knew that's what I wanted to do, then it was just a case of knuckling down and, you know, doing a few more classes and seeing a bit more theatre. Whereas until then, it was always just something that was a hobby, mm -hmm. you know, one or two classes at a weekend and that was it. Mm -hmm. So I started to take it a bit more seriously. And I think it was about 15, 16, I started having singing lessons and because I was, I knew I was going to go at, at 18 to, yeah. to college, not at 16. I think it's such a tough... Um, thing to take on I know that I wouldn't have been mentally strong enough for it at 16 mm. so I, I did it at 18 which I'm pleased about in hindsight as well I think it was oh it's so competitive and people can be so nasty at times I wouldn't have survived <laughs> no, I mean uh, I'm, I'm I'm guessing you have to be really resilient to mm. not just get into the industry but then maintain the level of professionalism that you have yourself demonstrated over the last, well, 10 years plus. And to continue to get the roles you've been getting, would you say that going to lanes instilled in you that sense of discipline that you can use now? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And funnily enough, I was having this exact conversation with um, 
some of the students that I teach just the other day about it is so much about discipline and and learning not just your skill and you know developing your talent and stuff but how to just be a professional and how to treat people and how to this sort of hierarchy that you have in in theatre and um yeah just how how disciplined you have to be even to you know your timekeeping and things like that like at lanes for example that that front door to college got locked at 8 30 and if you were not in the building you were done you know it was that thing you couldn't even be 10 seconds late people would be like sprinting down the driveway to get there <laughs> um those I love that <laughs> never never ever have I been late for anything because that was my three years of you know god help me if I wasn't through that front door by half past eight um and little things like that but I don't know if that's every college or if it's if it's specific to lane but certainly taught me about being on time <laughs> wow Charlotte do you remember your audition for lane um I do I do vaguely I think way back somewhere in the memory box <laughs> I mean did, was it a nerve-wracking experience did you enjoy it did you did you think you know I will get in because there is no fallback if I don't. Um, I think well, I, I was auditioning for a few other colleges as well at the time. And I think Lanes was actually my last one. So I'd had a bit of a practice, but I knew okay. that Lanes was the one I, I wanted to go to. I had my heart set on it. Um, but of course, you have to have a backup. So um, I... I remember being most nervous about what I was wearing because in my head, everyone that went to lanes was just so gorgeous and glamorous and well put together. I think I was more worried about my outfit choice than my like dance ability on the day. <laughs> I remember I had these like bright pink stilettos. Like I would never wear them now, but at the time I thought I was the bee's knees in my outfit as I trotted in. It was so funny. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it, something worked because, you know, you got your place. Yes. Um, what were your three years like? Did you enjoy them? Was it rigorous training? Oh, I, I mean, I've heard a couple of people I've spoken to on this podcast went to lanes and right. I feel that they turn out a very high caliber of performer and teacher. Um, was it a steep learning curve? It was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was like nothing I'd ever known before because as I was saying earlier my you know my local dance school my, my auntie's school it was very everyone was very lovely and you know you just did your odd class here and there and suddenly it was this you know from eight thirty in the morning through till early evening you were drilled and we're doing a lot of things that I'd never done before I'd never done like contemporary I'd never done like commercial jazz I didn't even know what it was mm. I'd never even actually danced in front of a in a studio that had mirrors so okay. all of a sudden I was in a dance studio with all these mirrors looking at myself going, oh, okay, that looks like that. And that, you know, it was, it was a real sort of baptism of fire, but I loved it. I had an incredible three years. I was very lucky to get to do lots of stuff in their shows and things. And I was head girl as well for my three years at Lanes. Wow. God knows how, but I was. Someone decided to give me that responsibility. Um, so that was lovely. I felt really like honoured to obviously have that responsibility as well. And to, yeah, I, I mean, I made friends for life at Lanes. A lot of my best, closest friends in my life now are from, are from Lanes, um, which is lovely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I loved it. And I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about it. I'm sure some people would because college mm. is a different experience for everyone. But mm. I was, yeah, I, I loved it. I really did. And, you know, doing dance forms that you'd never done before, mm. how did you feel? Did you feel dropped in the deep end? A little bit. I mean, I definitely just stood back for the first sort of term or two whilst I figured it all out. Um, but I just loved it. I just sort of wanted to soak it all up and make the most of it. And I think for me, the, the singing side of it was scariest. Like I knew... Mm. I knew that I could dance. I knew that I'd be all right and that I'd find my way with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt that I got that from the teachers as well. I felt like they had faith in me in that side, like I'd, I'd be all right. Mm -hmm. um, but I never, the singing thing terrified me. There's one thing, obviously, like having singing lessons to get ready to go to college, but then yeah. to do it in front of all of your your classmates, who some of them were, 
phenomenal singers and I'm thinking oh my god I've now got to sing in front of all of these people and and you know what singing it still it still scares me a bit now which is so bizarre because everyone says oh but you've done all these lead roles and you've sung all these solos I'm like yeah but it's still it still scares me send me out onto a stage to do a dance solo and I'll be like yeah fine yeah I'll, I'll make it work send me out there to sing a song in front of everyone and I'll get myself in a right old state before it will be fine yeah it will happen but I will I suppose it's just it's just what, what you what your strongest suit is I suppose and yeah. you just go to as we do with everything in life whatever we feel comfortable with is will be our go-to absolutely um, so, and, but I got over that in the end I got there <laughs> and because you you know you went to a normal school up until you went to lanes and you know a yeah. normal local dance school albeit your mm-hmm. aunties so had you up until you went to lanes had you done kind of group shows had you done you know big musical numbers had you been in like Oliver and um no I'd no. literally done the local village hall pantomime and that was it <laughs> that was it and I think like the local town carnival you know when you like do a dance with the dance school in a field that was it you know wave it around like a coloured scarf or something (laughs) that was my professional I mean not professional at all amateur yeah amateur performance made the panto at the village hall bring your own costume sort of vibe (laughs) wow it was it was a real uh I remember that actually with doing then the very first show that we did at Lane's, the, the end of year, you know, summer show and you do it at the theatre. And that was an experience on its own because suddenly I was in a real theatre and I was, I was backstage at a real theatre, which is the whole thing that got me excited about it as a kid. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was one extreme to the other for sure. Wow. And so then, Charlotte, when you came out after three years, did you feel mm. well prepared to then jump in to get a professional job yeah I think as prepared as you can be until you start just doing it I think there's that you can learn and learn and learn at college but then once you're out there in the you know the big wide world you you learn as you go with auditions especially you know you can do as many mock practice auditions as you like at college but it's going to be a whole different experience when you're actually out there but everything I was told it would be like and everything I was told I'd need to do was was exactly that so there was no huge nasty surprises when I when I went out there and and did it so you came out of lanes after your three Mm. years and and then what happened were the auditions coming thick and fast did you manage to get an agent how did that first show come about so what's lovely actually at lanes is that they have an agency associated with the college Mm-hmm. So you're automatically with with that agent. So you could start auditioning towards Amazing. the end of your third year. So um, I started auditioning and uh, one of those auditions was Dirty Dancing in mm. the West End, which so it was at the Old Rich then. Um, so I did 13 auditions for that show. Wow. Um, so I auditioned for a couple of other bits and pieces. I think I got... Um, I think I got offered a contract with Disney in Tokyo but I thought oh no and I was going up for Dirty Dancing at the same time so I thought I'm gonna like plow plow through with this one yeah fast forward 13 auditions later it was getting a bit ridiculous um <laughs> but nowadays that I don't think you can do 13 auditions now I think someone has to say that's enough but back then it was um it was because it was the first cast change that Dirty Dancing was doing in the West End so they weren't sure who was leaving who was staying who they needed to cover things and so I they obviously liked me but they didn't know what they liked me for so I just kept coming back and coming back and then I remember I'll never forget it I was actually on my way back into college so this was really close to like graduation time we pretty much finished and I got a phone call from the from the agent at Lane's and he said oh Charlotte you've got to go back in for Dirty Dancing again and I was like oh my god and he said but not to audition to start rehearsals and I just like I remember I was walking down this sort of like alleyway by the by the train station near Lanes and I just couldn't I think I just stopped on the spot and just went into shock for a while um and I actually started rehearsals for Dirty Dancing on my um 21st birthday so it was my 
first job, it was in the West End. I got it just as I was graduating. And yeah, just as I turned 21, it all just sort of fell into place. And then that was it. Dirty Dancing ended up being a show that I did five years on and off. I went back and forth from that show a lot. So it's really special for so many reasons. That is what a wonderful story. And, and had you grown up, you know, watching the film and loving it, you know, as much as, as much as most of us did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know every song, you know every line. It's one of those movies, isn't it? So yeah. it was, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, are you, are you sure? Like, <laughs> me? Really? Um, so, yeah, I was in the ensemble and then I got uh, to cover Penny as well. And yeah. um, so that's how that whole thing started. And then obviously ended up playing the part proper, like full time later down, down the line. But yeah. Well, Charlotte, I saw you perform as Penny in the West End. And my oh. God, did it meet my expectations and more. Uh, um, the show was fabulous. And your dancing... I don't know how I can explain it. I think everyone was mesmerised watching you dancing and Aww. your elegance and your technique and, and you, you really stood out. And in terms of leading ladies and major roles, you nailed it on every point. Um, oh, you said you stayed in it for five years. Was that because mm. you, you enjoyed it so much? I know that you toured, didn't you, with it as well? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I um, I think I just I just felt so lucky to to be a part of it, and so I did it. Yeah, I did it in in the West End. That was my first job, and then I left after that year, and I went off and did um, Cats in in Germany. And whilst I was doing Cats, they Dirty Dancing got in touch and said, "Oh, we're opening the production of we're opening the production in Berlin." Um, and we love you as Penny, we'd love you to play Penny, but do you speak German? We know that you're in Germany at the moment doing Cats. Does that mean you speak German? <laughs> no, I'm doing an English production of Cats in Germany. So no, I definitely don't speak German. So they said, okay, well, if we, whilst you're in Germany, if we set you up with a, um, like a phonetics coach, a German um, uh, speech coach, have a few sessions with him and he'll, be able to tell us whether he thinks you'd be able to handle doing the text in German because obviously they knew I could dance it and they knew I could act it and so on but it was just the thing of being able to deliver it in German to a German audience without sounding like you know she's got she's clearly not German so I basically just had to be able to fake it with the language um so anyway fast forward did these dialect coaching sessions and he said yeah I think you'll be fine so ended up doing Dirty Dancing in Berlin for it was going to be one year but I just loved it so much that I stayed and did two wow. and then then the next Dirty Dancing chunk was oh yeah they were going to take it on a UK tour first mm -hmm. ever UK tour of Dirty Dancing so they wanted me to do that in English again so I was like yes I want to do it again <laughs> in English because up until then I'd only ever done it in England as the understudy which was mm -hmm. obviously my first job then I played it for two years in German so I thought well I want to play it I want it to be my role now in English and it's the first ever UK tour so that was really exciting so did that which was a year and that was just crazy because they'd never taken the show on tour before and just the way it was perceived around the country was insane like you forget how much people just love this film I, I saw it on tour as well and it was like I'm not joking you even press night, it was like everyone had been let loose. There was oh gosh, uh, there yes. was a red carpet, and it was just noise and screaming yeah. and excitement. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think they almost had to bring in the bouncers. Everyone got so overexcited. Yes. We we had that a lot over the years with that show. Women sort of running toward because people get so into it. I think they forget that because we know the film so well, and you feel so attached to these characters. I think they started to think that, you know, Johnny, the Patrick Swayze character on stage, like they could, they could like get hold of him. So you'd have women like running, you know, when he comes through the audience and he comes onto the stage and he says, nobody puts baby in the corner. 
So we would have women chasing him down the aisle and he's trying to, you know, strut down the aisle, look really cool. And then you'd see he's realised he's being chased, it would turn into a power walk, which would like turn into a jog. You'd have women like throwing knickers at the stage. It was, um, it was like the most raucous hen party you've ever been to, but it was actually like a, a musical. <laughs> um so it was just I loved it for that reason and when the tour came to an end I left because I thought okay I need to I need to do a different show and also my spine and my hamstrings were just knackered um went off and did some other things and came back to it um when they brought it back to the West End again to the Piccadilly okay um and again, that was because I was like, oh, well, then it's going to be in the West End and I want to play the role in the West End. So there was always a reason to, to come back to it because it was almost like just ticking another box mm-hmm. with that role and that show that had become such a part of me, really. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte, when you learned that script in German, mm-hmm. uh, how hard was that to do? It was, it was really hard. I mean, I, I obviously knew what it all translated to which I think is half the battle so it was it wasn't a case of learning what I was saying but it was learning how to say it as a German would say it mm-hmm. so I was learning it all phonetically and so the way we did it was we had like a three-month rehearsal period for that Berlin production because it was a brand new um thing that was being put into Germany so they had obviously just literally start from scratch and so we do I'd spend half of the rehearsal day with um Jens who was my phonetics coach who again has remained a great friend because he became like a phonetics coach and a life coach because we spent so long together (laughs) so we'd spend half the day together doing the script and then I'd spend the other half of the day with everyone else doing the the show the dances and the rest of the show um so we did that for three months so and then I'd just see Jens like once a week throughout when the show was up and running just to keep on top of it because it was basically a case of getting to opening night and being able to fool everyone into thinking that I was a German person. And so were the rest of, were the, rest of the cast German? Um, predominantly, yeah. There was, a few, um, there was a few that weren't, but not many that were in like speaking roles. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, the guy actually that played Johnny, that played the Patrick Swayze role, he was Hungarian. So he was in a very similar boat to me with all of the phonetics coaching. But he was at an advantage because he already spoke fluent German. Mm-hmm. So he could speak okay. the language. He just was speaking it with a bit of a thick sort of Eastern European accent. So they just had to get the accent out of him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was... But it was, it was such a, an achievement. And now I can speak German. So it kind of, you know, it it came with its um, perks. What an amazing, (laughs) you know, almost such a a big kind of learning, language learning curve on Mm. top of, you know, working abroad and having all of that culture must have been amazing. It was great. What's it like, you know, having a different leading man to work with? You know, you on tour, then in the West End and then in the West End again and, and in Germany. Is that fabulous because you have a different dynamic or do you think, oh, I miss, I miss my old leading man? Yeah, I think, I think you just get used to it. And I think also in musical theatre, you're obviously always going on with understudies and things as well. So you're used to always having to change up the dynamic and play opposite different people. I think it only gets harder with, with a role like Penny and Dirty Dancing because it was so dance-based. Mm-hmm. So you, it's a lot about that trust and the physicality of you know oh I'm just gonna let you throw me over your head now and fingers crossed it all works out because you so it's just about building up that trust but we just would yeah you just you like anything I suppose you adjust and gosh they're all such wonderful talented men that it doesn't take long for it to all start to fall into place yeah and I've worked with some amazing ones (laughs) I mean they're just very good looking let's, (laughs) let's let's just lay that out there um, and, and then Charlotte, you obviously had to keep your body very well maintained and, and really well looked after. What is that like to make sure that you are injury free for those eight performances a week that you are doing week in, week out? How hard is that? Yeah, it's, it's a real discipline, I think, actually. And I'm, I'm a real stickler for like warming up properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because I've had 
a lot of like injuries in the past I'm now like quite pedantic about it and people always laugh at me backstage because I have this thing where I have to do certain things before I'll go on like especially for like roles like like Penny or with like flash dance for example like it was so hefty on the body that I had to every time before I'd go on I'd have to kick my left leg three times and kick my right leg three times just because I'd worry that if the first time I kicked it was on stage it might be that something would go or something mm -hmm. would twinge or ping or because I've when I was doing dirty dancing over the years I ended up ripping my hamstring I think three or four times Ouch. um so that then meant obviously a lot of time out of the show and a lot of like physio and stuff so I then off the back of that every time I've come back from an injury I've been even more pedantic about doing all my warming up exercises and always doing like the exercises from the physio so I think it's just it's just a discipline like in answer to your question it's just about not getting complacent and yeah just doing what you have to do plus you know I'm getting a bit older now I can't just go and throw myself around without having a bit of a warm-up start. Oh, no <laughs> not at all you can throw yourself as, around as much as you like and we love watching you um <laughs> So Charlotte, you ticked off the five years in Dirty Dancing. Mm. You went into Cats after your first initial um, stint in Dirty Dancing. Yes, um, back and forth. Cats, again, from a dancer's perspective, did you feel like you were ticking off a massive career high by being in that? Yeah, like that was one of the ones that I just never, ever, ever thought would come my way I mean to be honest nothing that I've done I've ever thought would come my way like it it sort of just blows my mind a little bit because I remember being at college thinking oh it'd be great to get to be in a show but it probably never happened <laughs> <laughs> um, and Cats was one of those ones that it just looked so difficult I thought there's mm -hmm. no way I could do that and then I've done it what three four times I think over the years like gone back and done it um but yeah, I loved it. I mean, it is, it's exhausting and it's probably like physically one of the most challenging. Mm -hmm. um, but again, like how lucky to even have the chance to give it a go. <laughs> I have the original video um, oh, yeah. tape of Cats when it was filmed, I think back at the Palladium in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So I just grew up as a, as a kid watching that. And um, I think probably exhausted the videotape, but you know, it, the the dancing is, I still can't get my head around how you all manage to maintain such a high level of intensity throughout mm. the duration of the show. You must come off stage and need food and a lie down, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would literally, um, in the intervals, obviously before the interval, you do the genital ball, which is the massive, like 20 odd minute long, big dance number that just doesn't stop. And we'd literally sort of come off stage and just lay on the floor for like the 15 minute interval, just getting your breath back and trying to like just dry because you were just mm -hmm. drenched. Um, so I just, I would just lay on the floor and then at the sort of five minute call um, during the interval, then get up, go and get changed because you'd be given a, like a dry leotard a dry costume for the second half but of course when it was that it sounds disgusting but when it's that soaking wet you can't like peel it off oh, no. <laughs> so I lay there and just catch my breath and dry a bit and then go and you know tail comes off leg warmers come off put it all back on again and then go and start the second half and then yeah eat a lot of food afterwards because mm -hmm. it was that thing of you couldn't have a big meal before doing a show like that because it, it would just well, it would come back up. It would be horrible. Oh, <laughs> so we'd always, um, yeah, we'd always go and get some serious carbohydrate afterwards. <laughs> what an iconic show. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. When did Greece come about? Was that kind of after your stint in Dirty Dancing? Would I be right? Yeah, so, yeah, Greece came about um, after the UK tour of Dirty Dancing and I just decided it was time to do something else so I'd made the decision to not stay on and do the next year of, of the tour so at that point I thought that was my farewell to Dirty Dancing I obviously didn't know that it was going to come back into town and I was going to do it again so at that point oh my god I cried my eyes out that last show because I thought this is the end of an era like literally an era um so that's how Greece came about um and that was really fun 
it was just it was great again lovely people really fun high energy great little role because you played patty simcox but you understudied sandy as well yeah so in terms of the two major films that i grew up watching as part of my you know childhood it was grease and dirty dancing and you went went from one to the other i think pretty much everything i've done has been a musical based on a film actually like i think everything with maybe the exception of cats which the musical came before the film um yeah it was great it was so great and the i remember the first time i went on for sandy and that moment where her and danny appear and they start mm. singing um the uh sandra deem little like reprisey bit and i just remember thinking oh my god as if i'm doing this like as if i'm as if i'm doing sandy in greece like i still every time i start something i'm like how the hell am i doing this like it just doesn't oh. seem possible like i'm gonna wake up at some point charlotte <laughs> and charlotte did you, what, what's your aunt made of all of these amazing, beautiful dance roles that you have performed, you know, on top of the acting and, and the singing? But uh, I'm interested to know, is she, does she feel proud? Oh, she does. Yeah, she loves it. She absolutely loves it. And um, yeah, she's so proud and she's so happy that it all, you know, it all worked out. But again, if it, if it hadn't have worked out, she'd have been just as proud and just as happy that I gave it a crack which is so yeah. nice Aww. um but yeah I always love it when she comes to watch like when I know that she's coming to see a fir- the show for the first time it's sort of extra special because I want to you know do her proud yeah oh amazing um so Charlotte you tick off Greece, which is mm. a huge feat and then <laughs> hello hello top hat <laughs> I know. can you get a role more demanding physically maybe than than Del Tremont, the lead yeah it was oh it was just that was like another level of dream come true stuff um and I remember I was so we were in we were in Edinburgh doing Greece when mm-hmm. I had to go and do the audition um but I wasn't allowed to tell anyone about it so I was like just disappeared from Edinburgh for the day you know all my friends in the cast like where's she she gone oh I've just casually flown to London and back in the day to go and do this audition for this mega role that no one's meant to know that's up for grabs you know um so oh it was just all this crazy exciting whirlwind and that was my first like leading lady in the West End role that was the Mm -hmm. first time my name had ever been up outside the theatre you know uh, beyond being the understudy or being in the ensemble um so it was just oh it was mega it was mega and I was the only person going into the show new because I took over from the wonderful Summer Strallen Mm -hmm. um, because she was leaving the show sooner than the rest of the cast so it was extra scary because it's you know like you've got a lot to prove you've got some serious shoes to fill and you're doing it completely on your own because no one else is going to have their eye on anyone else because you're the only newbie (laughs) so it was like oh okay right deep breath and off we go um but it worked out it worked out great I loved it I just loved every second I mean Charlotte in terms of your dance training for that role because there Mm. is a lot of uh, kind of ballroom-esque and it's very graceful um kind of going back to that hollywood golden era yeah the fred and ginger stuff fred and ginger did you feel as well as the tap um (laughs) but did you feel you know once you'd got over the initial the nerves being the new girl learning all the routine did you think you know no i'm i'm here i've earned my place in this Hmm. Uh, yeah i did i think I, I don't know I, I never I don't think I'll ever think like oh I've I've earned my place I still like I just said earlier I still think I'm a bit in shock that it's all turned out the way it's turned out but I did yeah once I settled in I just loved it and I just wanted to make the most of every minute I didn't even really want to stop and and worry about whether I was worthy of it or not I kind of just wanted to soak it all in because yeah I mean it was Ginger Rogers it was against stuff that I just watched forever um and never ever thought I'd be doing or you know re- recreating um 
So yeah, loved it. Loved it, loved it. <laughs> it's such a beautiful show. And the dancing, though, is intense. You've got some mm. really long numbers in that show as well. Yeah. I'm guessing that, you know, being in kind of peak physical shape is important when you go into a show like that. Yeah. I think the thing that was challenging about Top Hat that I hadn't yet come across with the roles that I'd done was the um, the big dance numbers that were interjected with singing. Mm-hmm. Like with Penny, it had been very much just the big dance numbers. And with Grease and with Cats, you were either singing your song or then doing your dance in terms of the roles that I did in those shows. Um, so suddenly it was, you know, big, huge, massive dance break, catch your breath for a second and then carry on singing, let's face the music and dance. So that was like a whole new training of how to control that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, the team there were amazing, like the, the musical director and all of the choreography team and stuff. They obviously, they had their ways of, of, of making that work because everyone had to train in that. Mm-hmm. Um, because of course nothing was pre-recorded it was all live so you couldn't be there puffing and panting over your microphone you had to just um make it work really so that was but I loved that and when I when I could do it without feeling out of breath and when I took on all those techniques that they taught me and and I was doing it and I was making it happen you then feel really proud of yourself because you think god yeah. this was this was really tough and now I'm I'm doing it without a worry yeah it's a full-on big Big show. And am I right mm. in saying that you did two stints in Top Hats? Yeah, so did that stint in the West End. And then when they took it back out on tour, when it closed in the West End, I did it again. So that was a big UK tour. And we went to Japan as well on that tour, oh, which was awesome. Amazing. Um, which I loved, which I loved. And so, yeah, because when it finished in town, I just, I wasn't done with it. I just, I loved it. I feel like I'd only just got going and then it was over. So um, when they announced the tour, I was like, oh, yes, please. I want to do it again. I want, I want to put those lovely costumes on again. And oh. I want to dance that choreography again. And yeah, loved and what it. What was it like performing that in front of a, a Japanese audience? Yeah, it was, it was really, um, it's very different performing over there. And I've since been back, well, not to Japan, but I've done two stints in South Korea. Mm-hmm. And just the Asian audiences are so different to the UK because they're culturally they just sit and they listen they don't really react they don't really clap or cheer throughout the show Mm -hmm. so it's very silent it's like very placid and then at the end it's like as if someone's gone okay now you're allowed to react and now you're allowed to have an opinion and they go mad yeah and they're up and they're dancing and they're cheering and all the iPhones and the iPads are out because over there you're allowed to film the end you're allowed to like film the bows and capture photos and things um so it's quite 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 which is strange especially with a show like top hat which is a comedy essentially mm-hmm. um and there was no reaction and yes they're reading subtitles predominantly a lot of the audience needed the translation so there's a bit of a delay in their reactions anyway but the reactions were always so small and the rounds of applause were always so tiny, tiny, tiny mm. that you're there doing the show thinking, oh no, I think they hate it or they've just got no idea what's going on. They don't yeah. understand. And then at the end, it just erupts and you're like, oh no, they loved it. But that's just culturally how they, how they behave in the theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a bit of getting used to. So then when I later went to Korea with um, uh, Legally Blonde and I went again with Flashdance, yeah. And everyone in my cast then were like, oh, no, they hate it. I'm like, no, no, just wait. Wait <laughs> until the end. And then you're going to realise how much they love it. They're just, they just don't let themselves respond until the end of the show. Right. The applause will come. It will happen. Yeah. <laughs> you'll just get like a pitter, pitter-patter of applause and a tiny little giggle, you know, a very apologetic giggle because they feel like they're not allowed to make any noise whilst you're working almost it's so Mm -hmm. um they're just so respectful in everything they do not just in the theater just day to day um they're you know everything's like a a ceremony which I just I loved about that experience um but then they just go wild at the end and it all ends up all over Instagram so (laughs) they go mad for the social media and pictures and everything at the very end of the show when you're your most exhausted and you're most sweaty and you're most tired you're like oh great now the phones are coming out oh okay now I've got to really put on a show at the end (laughs) oh I suppose that's one way of getting used to you know being on people's Instagrams and social media and um, 
What a fabulous experience. You mentioned um, Legally Blonde. Mm. Again, another very big, very successful show. Um, and you played the role of Margot. Yes. Did you yeah. enjoy it? I, I, I went to see it and I just thought it was uplifting and funny and colourful and just full of yeah. sparkle. Was that a joy to be a part of? Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. I love the music. Um, loved, I loved the whole show. It was just feel good from start to finish. Like I was in the show thinking I would love to sit and watch this because it's just so fun and silly and the music gorgeous. And yeah, I love that. That was only a very short little, um, little job, but it was great. And it's a show that if it came round again, I'd, I definitely want to go back to it because it was just fun. It was just so fun. I can see you playing the role of Elle Woods as well, Charlotte. Yeah, I'd like to have a crack at that, actually. She's fun. She's think, really good. I think that needs to happen. Okay, 20, we'll put it out there. We'll 2021, there. even yeah. 2022. Charlotte Gucci needs to play Elwoods. going to happen. <laughs> you mentioned, Charlotte, that, you know, one of the reasons you wanted to get into musical theatre was for the bit beforehand, the yeah. backstage build-up. You said that you have a, a kind of ritual in terms of just limbering up. and mm. But how do you spend that time in the dressing room beforehand? You've obviously all got to go and have your rehearsal on stage, you know, your, your physical and vocal warm up. But yeah. that, that time that you have on your own in your dressing room, mm. is there anything special that you have to do? Do you need to meditate, take a moment, speak to your family? Um, do you know what? That time before the show always flies by. It absolutely flies by. And I think by the time you've you've done all the makeup and, you know, who, someone's come in and done your wig and I've done all of my ridiculous amounts of warming up that I like to do, um, again, with my natural worry and my natural nerves about singing, if it's a singing role, I'll also then put into the ritual that there'll be certain, like, lines of each song that I'll want to sing before, mm-hmm. like the more challenging lines. Mm-hmm. I'll have to sing them through before in my room. Mm-hmm. So whoever's in the dressing room next to me is always like, oh God, here she goes again. You know, <laughs> she's trying to belt out the line or whatever. Um, so the time always flies by, but I do love that. Like in, a lot of my friends say the same. They're always like, oh, it's such a, a special time because it's a bit like, especially if you're in a dressing room on your own, it's like the calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just sort of walk out of your dressing room and then you're just into this, you know this world and it's just start to finish and before you know it the show's done and then you go back to your little retreat that is your dressing room um so yeah I I do I love that and I always love to have lots of pictures of my friends and family in the dressing room and um there's usually a fairy light on the go or something just to make it feel because you spend so much time in there you know you do so it you want it to be and like feel a bit like a home so and somewhere that people can come and visit and and chill out as well so I, my dressing room always tends to become the green room. It seems to be on every show. But it's like, oh, we'll go to Charlotte's room, you know, come in, kettle's on, like come and have a drink or whatever. Um, so that's nice. Oh, sounds lovely. I always, I'm always full of admiration for people's dressing rooms because they always seem so homely, you know, like a home from home. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I always think what a, just a lovely, friendly family space you create backstage at the theatre yeah I think um, you have to because you're there for so long absolutely you mentioned Charlotte flash dance mm-hmm. another <gasps> movie another, another movie, movie. <laughs> um which last year you played the lead Alex Owens yeah again what a big big demanding physically and you know overall performance wise role to take on yeah were you delighted to, to get mm. that? How did it feel? Because it's quite a different role to yeah. ones that you have played so far. Yeah, it was. It was, um, of everything that I've done, I would say that that was the most challenging by far, like in every respect, um, like the singing and the dancing, the acting. It was, it was so different to anything before, like stylistically. Mm. Um, and it was just non-stop. Like I remember the first run through we did we got to the end and I thought I'm actually I'm gonna throw up like I'm so I'm so tired and I'm so out of breath um because it was just like you press go and just 
didn't stop because even like through through the interval of the show like prior to the interval is the is the water drop so you get drenched so then the whole interval was like this process of get dry change your wig you know it just like it just didn't stop um and the singing was like I'd never had to belt that high in my life Mm -hmm. dancing wise I'd never had to do such like cardiovascular routines for such long lengths of time and like stylistically it was different because it was less of the the sort of balletic like classical style it was very sort of like jazz and commercial heavy and the singing was really poppy and I hadn't really sung like that in ages Mm -hmm. so it just had like all the challenges but oh my god I loved it like I would I'd go back tomorrow I mean the doing the show in South Korea that also had its challenges because the food and all of those other things like but I just wouldn't change any of it it was just so such an experience do you enjoy Charlotte when you are on tour or when you are performing in Japan or South Korea or Germany do you do you embrace that experience of living in another country and um, amongst another culture as well as then performing on stage every single night I do I I try as best I can I love to get involved in like the culture and I will literally explore and sightsee and take it all in I struggle a bit with the food side of things Mm -hmm. like I wasn't going to get so involved in the culture that I ended up eating like an eyeball I just Mm -hmm. wasn't going to go there um (laughs) I could never get on board with like the curry burst and stuff in Germany I just was like I have my limits when it comes to different culture and different food um but you know I, t- I tried I'll dabble um but also I'm like oh I don't want to eat anything and I'm then gonna feel really poorly and I've got to try well, and do yes. the show and all of that stuff and does it become that that company feeling that closeness the, the rapport mm. that you all have with your 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 peers does that become ever more important when you are abroad working because you all need each other more yeah definitely I think you just become each other's family And also when you are like, you know, Japan, South Korea, you're on a different time zone as well. So talking to your family and and friends is sometimes not even possible. Mm. So you do become each other's everything, really. Um, And I feel so lucky that every show that I have done that's taken me away from home, I've had lovely people with me. There's never been a bad cast, Mm. um, which has been great. And I've been lucky enough to do some of these tours with people that were already good friends from previous jobs or so you feel like you're taking a bit of your family away with you anyway, which is really nice. There's so much we could keep talking about, Charlotte. <laughs> but, um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about, because I was going through your showreel, um, I started you on Strictly Come Dancing. Um, um, yeah. So you did a dance, didn't you, with some of the pros? Um, yeah about four or five years ago now so how did that come about because you said to me that you were doing some assistant choreography on the show yeah so I do that with them so my good friend um Alan Burkett who I played opposite in Top Hat actually and we've done a few different jobs together he does a lot of choreography for the group dances on on Top Hat and I assist him on that sometimes and on this one occasion we choreographed this group number it was the opening number of the show and um one of the pro dancers, um, something happened and she wasn't able to do it. And we found out late the night before. And so the producers have strictly said, well, Charlotte knows it. Obviously she's choreographed it with you, rehearsed it with them, taught it to them. So she can do it, she can jump in. So with that, I literally got, (laughs) got thrown in the spray tan booth, got fitted into a costume, we did a we did one quick rehearsal because obviously it had all been rehearsed it was all ready to go it just mm-hmm. needed to be filmed on the live show um so I just jumped in so oh and it was amazing I mean everyone wants to be on Strictly don't they and I just felt so I love just working on it behind the scenes with Al doing the the choreography assisting side so to actually be in it and I just remember, <laughs> I remember standing on that dance floor and it was, um, it was, a so- it was to the song Woman and it, we based it in a laundrette. So I was stood on top of this washing machine and then you just hear the, da, 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 like the titles playing oh. and the audience start cheering and suddenly I'm picturing 
everyone that I know sat at home watching Strictly and I'm like, and I'm going to appear on the screen. Like, and I just, I don't think I've ever felt such like nerves, but also excitement at the same time. It was just, it was amazing. It was so cool. Um, 10 million people. And, and I never, yeah. And I never saw it coming. I just rocked up, you know, in my rehearsal gear, ready to, you know, give a few notes and run the number with Al and do whatever Alan needed me to do to help him. And then I was, I was like, oh, you're on, you're in it. Like, what? Okay. Every girl's dream come true. You're on Strictly. All right then. Yes. Wow. I'm not going to say no. It's like, give me that spray tan. I am <laughs> on. <laughs> it was great. Because Charlotte, you know, some of the style of dancing that you performed in Top Hat is very reminiscent of the style of ballroom that they do on yeah. Strictly. So there's no one actually better made for that style than, than yourself. Well, I got away with it somehow. I love Latin and ballroom and I've always like taken little lessons in it on the side. And actually when I did um, the tour of Dirty Dancing, the guy I played opposite, Paul Michael Jones, one of, who actually we went to lanes together. So that was a nice story that we ended up playing opposite each other in the show because we trained wow. together. But he's a, prior to, to going to lanes, he was a Latin and ballroom like I think it was like number two in the world at one point like he was a champ so he was always teaching me sort of in the background so I was always having lessons and I've always had an interest in it so I felt like I wasn't completely out of my depth when that opportunity came along I felt like I could keep up to ish you know I didn't have to completely blag it I kind of knew what I was doing <laughs> so absolutely was and because you danced with Anton Dubeck at the Palladium as yes. well yes Yes. The king Love of Anton. I know. That was thanks to lovely Bill Deemer, actually, who I think you've done a podcast with recently. Um, he he put together a show at the Palladium. Um, and yet Anton and I did a little um, duet together that um, Fred Astaire and Sid Charisse danced together in the movie The Bandwagon. Okay. So Bill sort of recreated that and Anton and I danced that together on stage at the London Palladium, which was another one of Charlotte's what on earth is going on moments. Like, how have you ended up doing this? Um, but yeah, I love Anton. He's great. And we, we always do the little bits and bats together. He's fab. Amazing. Charlotte, I'm, I'm starting to wonder whether it is because each time you get these amazing jobs and you go, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't think that would happen. Yeah. Perhaps it is the grounding that your, you know, your family gave you, growing up and, and your kind of sense of, of wonderment when you do get these jobs that, that has kept you on this fabulous road of performance and, you know, in theatre land? Maybe. I don't know. I sort of, I just feel like you have to be so grateful for every opportunity. And like sometimes when people say to me or students say to me, you know, what's like the best bit of advice or whatever. And I always say like, just don't, take anything for granted because it's we're so lucky to a we're so lucky to get to do as a job what we love like I think so many people go to work every day just because they have to go to work every day versus going and doing something that you genuinely love and I think we should never take that for granted because so every time I do get an amazing role that I never expected to get I think god I'm just so lucky and I think it pays off to just be like a a grateful nice person mm. I think there's too many industries that are full of people that aren't nice so just it doesn't take much to be a nice person and be grateful for for what you get so I've always tried to stick by that because I think it I think it gets you places actually just by being a nice person I like that I like that and that's great advice actually for all of us wherever we are in life remembering to be humble I suppose Mm. Um, you mentioned the, the teaching is this something that's quite new or is this something that you have been doing for a while um, so I'm usually whenever I'm not in a show I'm always teaching and I love I love teaching I really enjoy it um, so obviously recently with being the fact that theatre's sort of just gone down the toilet for a bit um, it's something that I've done a lot more of um, and that carried on during lockdown as well with all the teaching on Zoom, which was hilarious. And I smacked into the fridge and <laughs> everything, trying, you know, dance in these small spaces. But yeah, I teach at a few different um, drama schools and like dance colleges um, 
around England, um, around England, <laughs> in England, around London. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's sort of what I always do when I'm not in a show. And at the moment, obviously, that's sort of for the long run. Mm-hmm. So I feel very lucky to get to do that. Um, and it keeps me fit as well. Keeps the brain ticking over, keeps the yeah. body in action. Um, and it's exciting seeing like the next sort of generation of talent and trying to pass on some sort of you know wisdom or technique or something to them and I love I love it when I am with them for a long period of time which now it's been like pushing a year because you see them get better and you see them you know develop and learn and, and do things that they couldn't do a few months previously and I find that really rewarding that is so lovely kind of passing on the baton and yeah. um that's amazing you know um giving them your knowledge all the things that you've learned along the way I'm sure they're so appreciative um, I hope so <laughs> what 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 was March like for you Charlotte when we were in you know lockdown one um mm. where were you at in terms of work performing shows so I was well I was due to be starting a new show um in the summer which um has now obviously been postponed so I was kind of gearing up to get ready to start rehearsals for that um and then that obviously all got pulled which was upsetting but to be expected and it was that thing of everyone was in the same boat mm-hmm. I think you know everyone was having the rug pulled from underneath them and having jobs cancelled and and things so it, it was tough but I think it was the fact that we were all in it together mm-hmm. like as a sort of theatre industry and you know every friend was in the same boat so that's all you know just gone on the back burner until they can put that show back together again hopefully next year um so then the teaching just carried on so I was at that point teaching in colleges waiting to start the new job so that just all moved online um and I was basically doing that and sunbathing really because the weather was so great that was my day and then the gin and tonic would come out in the evening and that was lockdown (laughs) and we can't you know talk too much about this this role that you were due to begin mm. in the summer but you did tweet that it was your dream role yeah it's one of the ones that I have always wanted to do and it's so annoying that I can't say but because it hasn't been announced yet I can't I can't say it um but as soon as it is I promise I'll send it your way <laughs> thank you I'm I'm sorry it couldn't happen I really feel for you but keeping everything crossed that yeah, it will happen Yes, I think 2021, I think looking towards like the end of summer Mm -hmm. 21, it's going to be, I think that's probably going to be the time that most shows are fully back on their feet. And I think that's when we'll open, open that one, hopefully, so long as we don't get taken by any other surprises. Mm, We don't (laughs) need any more surprises. We don't need any more surprises, but I'm, I'm grateful to be at least able to do the, the teaching and things and not yeah. be a completely a, a, a loose end. And yeah. yeah, really looking forward to getting back on stage as and when we're allowed. But just got to do as we're told for now. <laughs> Absolutely. Charlotte, I know that you started doing some bits with the spinets last year. Um, yes. Has that been fabulous? Again, a slightly different kind of, of art, art form to work in and, and be amongst. Yeah, all based on singing. Cue me absolutely terrified the first time, but then it was okay. Yeah, it's great. It's lovely. um, Such a lovely group of of girls that do it alongside Matthew that runs it all. And they're all, um, we're all girls that know each other from from different jobs and all, you know, within the theatre industry. Um, and yeah it's great it's a real challenge vocally because it's you know the three-part harmony that real close vintage sort of trio vibe um with all the little bits of choreography so it's a real it's a real test for the brain and when you haven't done a spinet gig in ages oh my goodness the revision is worse than like GCSEs and A-levels put together it was you know just trying to get it all right and not you don't want to be the one that sings the wrong line um but it's great and we do you know brilliant events weddings um loads of lovely stuff at Christmas which I think unfortunately this year isn't going to be able to happen um but we're we're talking about maybe doing a like a bit of a Christmas caroling type Mm -hmm. thing outdoors you know um 
as maybe a reduced number of spinets obviously to stick to the rules numbers wise mm -hmm. but uh yeah it's great it's lovely to do it's lovely to gig and and do things like that when you're not in a show um just to keep yeah keep the voice going and keep the brain going <laughs> i think the spinets are such a tightly wonderfully choreographed outfit and i saw on zoom that you were all posting and sharing you all sang from your own homes but it was put on zoom and you could see you all using yeah, you know, things that were in your homes as microphones <laughs> and things and it was just so uplifting yeah it was so you know we ended up doing I think one a week through lockdown it started that at the beginning of lockdown it was Melanie and Matthew who, who run the spinets said let's do as like a thank you to the NHS let's do a we'll meet again like which is one of our songs um within the spinet set list let's do that and we'll release it on the thursday around the time of doing the clap and everything and anyway it went down so well and everyone loved it that we thought well we'll do one every week and we chose a, so one week we did like a motown one another week we did a rock and roll one and we'd all film it in our homes which is just <laughs> carnage because obviously you're trying to hear the music do the choreography try and be creative you know I was in lockdown on my own so I'm trying to like balance my phone on the windowsill and film myself singing and and then they edit it all together and yeah it was great it was just good fun and it was great to have a little project you know something to do in lockdown as well have a sing song it was absolutely charming and I look forward Aww. to seeing the next one. I, I really, really do. It put a smile on my face. Oh, um, Charlotte, we could chat loads more, but I know we need to um, start to wrap this up. It brings me to my last two questions. How do you relax? <laughs> who would you say has been your biggest influence so far? Um, how do I relax? So for me... It's definitely just all about feet up on the sofa, nice little glass of wine and something on the telly is my go-to, I think. Probably quite common, bit of chocolate, bit of pick and mix, love pick and mix, that's my vice, that's my happy place. Oh, okay, um, and, and what pick and mix? Is it just, is it the assortment or is it like the bootlaces or the white I mice? Know. Can you help them? Are they official pick and mix or do they come under chocolate? If you go into like Wilco or Tesco and you've got like the wall of Candy King, yeah, that's just like taking all the you know, just all the favourites, a good mixture. That's that's my like real treat. That's like a real if you're doing the eight shows a week and you've burnt some serious calories, get on the yeah. sofa with some pick and mix on a Sunday. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say I wish I had some. I think all I've got are fruit gums, which aren't okay. really mm. I mean still great, still a strong sweet <laughs> fruit gum. Um, <laughs> don't get me started on suturing we'll be here till like Monday afternoon we'll be going all day <laughs> I love it oh dear no that's definitely yeah I mean that probably sounds like quite an obvious relaxing thing but I think for me anything that just involves sitting still mm -hmm. is is relaxing because I'm just constantly yeah throwing my legs around on stage or <laughs> running to and from dance studios at colleges so anything just like sat still preferably with sugar and wine is good um, sounds fabulous in terms of, um, influences and inspirations I mean obviously as an influence I will always say my auntie from what I told you at the beginning with just getting me into the whole dancing world um, and actually in terms of like inspiration I would say it probably sounds cliche but it would be um, Ginger Rogers mm -hmm. um, and all of those movies that I just loved watching as like a young dancer and then to obviously then get to step into the shoes of for, for for Top Hat was incredible but I always just adored that sort of full triple threatness mm -hmm. triple threatness is that even a word <laughs> but that Can was you know word. Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, mm -hmm. Ginger Rogers, Sid Charisse, all of those you know singing, dancing, acting, doing the most incredible things on camera way 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 back then and I often think gosh if they were here now with that much talent and with everything that we've got at our fingertips in terms of stage productions and television and film production like I always think imagine La La Land but with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers like that would just be another level for me because they're just the yeah the creme de la creme. That was actress, dancer and teacher Charlotte Gooch. 
Don't forget to subscribe to future episodes from your preferred podcast provider and follow me on Twitter at Shireen Jordan and on Instagram at Shireen R. Jordan.